Welcome, my friends, to Shaking the Salt with Dr. Peppers. My bio reads from troubled teen to teacher of the year, 100-pound weight loss, blah, blah, blah. You know the sort of thing you're working on in your before and after life story. So at the end of the message, stay tuned if you want to contact me for any reason, including prayers. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Here we go. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. I have always loved this poem and many others by Edgar Guest, and the one thing that I used to use for the most was for words of inspiration in my senior-level high school classes. I had a book called Words of Inspiration, and students could bring them in as well. It was a big scrapbook with some of the best, most loved things that had been found. It didn't have to be poems. It could be stories. It could be things that had happened to them personally, essays they had written. One even brought in and kept reading over and over 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. No envy, not puffed up not seeking its own. This was quite a collection, and I still have it. I had six classes I was teaching that year at Lindbergh High School in St. Louis, where I did my entire career. It was one of the largest, not only in St. Louis, but in the state of Missouri. And I would have new students in who would just look at these as if they had never seen anything so encouraging and motivating. And it was indeed. Sometimes they would just like to come in on their free hour and just read everything that was in the Words of Inspiration book. I learned early in my career that you needed something to divert the attention of the students when you were trying to take role. And when kids first come in, of course, they're seeing some of the friends from, oh, maybe yesterday or the day before that they hadn't seen for a while, and they want to chit-chat, and the bell's about to ring, and they know they're supposed to be in their seat as soon as the bell rings, but many of them would be yelling across or giving notes, and yeah, it could be really really frustrating. So I would go to the back of the classroom where I could see them from behind, and I would have a student a day who would choose or bring in a new words of inspiration. So they could read out of the book or they could bring in their own. And they loved looking for them. Many of them, even before we had the good old internet where you could just Google anything you wanted, Many of them would go to their parents or grandparents or look through old family books or even down to the school library and try to find something that was uplifting and motivational. And some of the best things that I ever got were from my students. And this was one of them. There were several other Edgar Guest poems that I used to read and a couple of others that I even had put in there. But this was one that a student brought in one time, probably in about 19, let me guess, 98 or something like that. And it became one of our favorites. When I had a casting crew coming in from California one time who was videotaping all of my classes for a uh, 
actually a training series for Lee Cantor and Associates, an educational group, and the program was called High Performing Teachers. And it was really intimidating having them in there filming and editing and keeping me after school to go through some of the scenarios and things that happened in the classroom just normally and naturally were being taped and they were going to use the topic of how does a master teacher deal with discipline? How does a master teacher help non-motivated students to get on track? And how do, how do we even go through the process sometimes of dealing with students who have attention deficit? disorders or students that have special needs. And I had many of them because my classes were so eclectic. At that time, I was teaching English, speech, drama, theater, radio, and one that was a before school class that was for advanced credit in theater arts. So they saw everything in my class from freshmen to second year, third year seniors to students who were with um, one of the special needs teachers who would walk with them, some students who had attention deficit disorder, some who were special needs, even a couple of students who were um, on the autism spectrum and other such issues. How do you bring all of these together? The one thing at the beginning of a class that always motivated most students was to hear one of their fellow classmates share something inspirational. Now, I started out where I was doing this myself just to get them quieted down. But once I realized that wasn't as important as letting them participate, I saw what a great idea this was. Plus, I was able to sit in the back of the room and watch what was happening as they were supposed to be facing forward in their seats, listening to their fellow classmate at the very beginning of class for just a minute or two. And many times I would see note passing or in the days when the phones could then be brought in, kids looking at their phones. So it was a great tool. And this is what seemed to work the best, at least for me. You can pass that on to other teachers, of course. I know that when we think about quitting, it's not just for students who get discouraged, especially in this day and age when many of us are just absolutely sick and tired of being quarantined into our own house I'm part of a Bible study where we're just in the process of reading about Paul, who was imprisoned. And because my family has traveled extensively, we've actually stood in several places where Paul was imprisoned. The worst, I remember, was in Rome. It was a dark, dank, horrible place where the sewers even ran through, where mice and just all kinds of varmints lurked in the background. And to think that Paul was imprisoned here where he wrote so many of his excellent letters, which soon, of course, would become books of the Bible. It reminds me, here I am in sunny Florida, quarantined in my home where I'm looking out over a swimming pool right now, which is looking out over a large lake where we have a boat and a boat dock. My husband's out mowing the lawn, 
And I have no right whatsoever to say, poor me, I've got to stay here. Every night, my husband and I give thanks to God that this is where he has put us, at least for this time in our lives. And we loved it when we first moved here about four years ago. But we're loving it even more now that we've come to appreciate all of the great friends and the people that God has put in our pathway. My friend, I know that some of you are going, well, boo-hoo-hoo for you. Some of you are all alone with no spouse, perhaps no children at home, no one you can reach out and hug, maybe not even a close neighbor across the fence that you can holler over toward. Some of you are unable to get out at all. Some of you may be in nursing homes. Some of you in the hospital as you're listening to this. But I want to tell you one thing. You're never alone. There is someone who has promised to be with you always. He said he'd never leave nor forsake you. And he says, don't you dare quit because your sphere of influence is one that only you have. Who are the people around you? that you can actually influence by phone, by email, by podcast, by Zoom, by which is a way to have meetings by vision over your phones or your computers. There are some of you who have children and grandchildren that you can talk to and be a good influence for. You can tell them not to quit. Plan what you're going to do this day and how you're going to reach someone else. Because I know that as we look through this whole idea of just wanting to quit, we see that there are people that are doing that. They think they can't take this virus and this quarantine anymore, and they just give up on life. And there have been suicides, even by teenagers. So you can look this up on the internet. You can share it with others. The poem, Don't Quit. But share your love, share your faith today with those around you who need it. And I just hope and pray that there's someone else besides me on this podcast who's sharing their hope and inspiration with you. This is the last part of that same poem called Don't Quit by Edgar Guest. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a fellow turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. You never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far, so stick to the fight when you're hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. God, I just pray for my friend that's listening right now, the one that's thinking about quitting, the one who is discouraged, the one who feels so alone, the one who is depressed, the one who maybe just needs that reassurance that someone is with them, someone who promises to stick closer than a brother. And that's you, God, the one who lifted me out of the gutter of my life and turned me around and gave me hope and a future because that's what you have promised each of us if we'll only trust you. And I pray this for my friend in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my brother and sister. Thanks for sticking with me today. And I'm just Dr. Pepper's shaking the salt. 
Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks and God bless.